All right, well, here's my new rant. Sean can suck. So, I'm out walking the dog with Mrs. Tooth the other day, and this, this guy lives around the corner from us. He's got this fancy new looking car, and he's shining up the interior. And just as we walk by, he jumps out of this thing to just talk to us for probably five, ten minutes about how happy it is that he is that he got it and how happy he is that he found it and how it's this Lincoln Town car with, like, the extended back seat. It used to be uh, running limo service at the airport or something like that. And just the joy in this man's face, the pure happiness of him for have gotten this car because he used to have two other ones back in the day that were exactly like it. And he's been looking for it. And he's so glad that he found it. And he's super happy. And it's a rare thing when you get to see someone with that pure, beautiful enjoyment. And just everything was perfect. And it was invigorating. And I loved it. You know, it's funny, folks. Last week, I'm going twos. Could you, could you give me a little foreplay? Today, I'm going, you're going a little bit long, twos. So uh, we're going to have Yeah, that's because we had to do it twice. Well, I... <laughs> Yeah, because I start it, and then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're not actually live because I'm a fucking dickhole. No, I was trying to – did you see the little army man? For the for the people who will turn yeah. in tomorrow, they'll see the little army man. I was trying to get to show that Chuck's going to be on the show, and I freaking butchered that, and then I missed pushing live, and oh, my God. 74 starting out with a bang. That and two's just meandering off on his rant. It doesn't matter. Matchup 74. What do you mean? It wasn't even a rant. It just like, – Brought was to you by beautiful Infinity Leasing. Uh, twos, did, am I right on that name this week? Infinity Leasing? <laughs> Looks like it's only Sean in the show today. That's fine, folks. Infinity Leasing. <clears throat> they offer assistance with the SEBA loan repayment. Many small businesses had applied for a government loan between 40 60 k with a one-third forgivable if paid back by December 2023. If that sounds like you... Well, first, as of Thursday, September 14th, that date has recently been extended from December 31st by two weeks to January 18th, uh, 2024. And to receive the benefit from the partial loan forgiveness, companies will have to have it all paid back by this date. And after this point, the full loan is due, uh, losing access to the forgivable portion. And this is where Infinity Leasing can help step in. At Infinity Leasing, they want to help you by offering small business an alternative option, a sale lease back, which utilizes the equity and assets that are owned free and clear by the company. And uh, Colleen gave us a lovely example. I'm going to read it off because I hope this all makes sense to you lovely people because some business out there is going, uh-huh, I'm listening. I got you. Uh-huh. Okay, what can they do for me? Here's the example. Let's say Bob's Construction Company uh, owes this loan. Bob uses his Bobcat and trailer as the lease assets, and we use those funds to pay the government. The client has a company write-off with the lease payment and remains eligible for the debt forgiveness as long as this is paid by the end of the year or obviously the extension date. If that sounds like you, infinityleasing.ca. That's where you got to go look up our lovely friend, Colleen, because she will, uh, she'll get you in the right place. Now, twos, Chuck, do you want to come back in here? Like, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm chuckling at this point. Eh? He's just <laughs> like, I'm just going to go hide under a rock. That's what twos is going to do. Infinity yeah. Leasing back again for one more week. They've been. And they uh, do more than just that, by the way. They do. I mean, but we could sit here for a very long time. And, you know, get through it all. So, uh, Chuck, welcome aboard to the Tuesday mashup. This is a first. Chuck, it's yeah, it's nice to be here. 
it's very much an honor. Well, same for me. Are we talking, are we going to talk mashup live at the beginning and the end? You want to talk now? You want to talk at the end? You want to jump in? Uh, yeah. What do you want to do? Let's talk now. Okay. Let's mashup, drum up, drum up some excitement. Uh, uh, Tuesday mashup live coming October 24th, 25th, 26th. It's looking and sounding like twos. Lumsden, Clavette, Irma. That's what it sounded like, folks. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, Shore up those places, so, dates. Try everything. that in a small town. And it sounds like, you know, we're going to twist Chuck's arm and he's going to be our uh, our bodyguard when two says some very inappropriate things. That, you know, that has never try. happened. That's that's what we're going to try and twist his arm on anyways. That's that's what we're going to try and do. Now, today is a special edition of the mashup because obviously we got Chuck on board. So we're going to have a little bit of fun. I don't think there's anything to talk about in uh, honestly in in media today. So I was thinking maybe we'd talk opening round of uh, opening preseason of of hockey. Uh, you know, football just started. We could talk a little, you know, Monday night football, guys. Like, started. I don't even know what the game's at. CFL is like. Nobody gives a shit about the CFL twos. Nobody cares. God Nobody. Damn as, it, soon as, such... they, as soon as soon as they change their name the to the Elks, everyone's like, the Rough Riders still suck. They still suck right now, and I love the Rough Riders. They just they're obviously not good. you don't because you they... don't ever give a shit about what's going on in the CFL. I don't. I, I really don't. I'm sorry, folks. I can't get behind the CFL. It just it just doesn't anyway. Anyways, it's been a slow cycle. Like there's not much to talk about in the news right now. There's very little Ontarian man. A boot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's I've been very slow. Nothing to tweet about. Nothing in the news. Nobody texting me and calling me saying, Why did you have a Nazi in your parliament? No. I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh at that. It's like it's so sad that I'm I'm laughing. I'm like, I can't believe it. Like, I'm like, is this actually true? I text Chuck, I'm like. Please tell me this isn't this is like a farce, you know? Babylon B. No, this is bang on true. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. I thought no, there's no way. Like, there's just no way that we had a real, actual Nazi, like an avowed Nazi in our parliament who got, you know, lots of clapping. You know, he had his moment. Did you know that when Aaron O'Toole tried to introduce a bill last year, or I think it was about last year, and there's this. Uh, there's this young guy who did a lot of stuff in Afghanistan, basically should have been put up for the VC. You know, he, he, he hasn't been for whatever stupid reason. And he introduced a thing where this kid would get, you know, not kid, he's a young man, get the VC for his actions overseas. Did you know that a lot of the liberals booed a Canadian veteran, but they clapped for a Nazi? All right. Now, for those of us at home who don't know what the victoria c ross is the victoria cross it's the, it's the big one like not many of those get handed out and this the story behind this young guy for just 20 seconds is that he basically his whole part of his platoon had been either killed or wounded in action he was wounded himself got behind a machine gun and <laughs> and essentially stopped a taliban attack from overrunning his position and saved a bunch of his own guys now these, again, you know me, Sean, so you hear some stories. And these stories, they're all over the place, but of course most people don't know it. So when O'Toole, and this has been in the works for years to get this guy his recognition, you know, here we go with them booing him for even mentioning this young guy. Like it's just, co contrast that to cheering 
for an actual Waffen S escalation. It blows my mind. It, I don't even, I'm not left speechless very often, but I don't know what to say about this. Well, I, I'm going to first pop it up here. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the bottom. The headline, 338 idiots give standing ovation to literal, actual Nazi. Uh, Speaker of the House, Anthony Rota, apologized Sunday for honoring a man who fought in the Nazi unit during the Second World War. Rota was responding to condemnation from Jewish groups and others stemming from a moment during Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky's visit to Parliament on Friday. During the visit, Rota said, uh, Yaroslav Hunka was a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. Of course, since then, you know, all hell has broken loose. And I'm, I'm like, literally, Twitter has been, I mean, it has been an interesting place to once again be, folks. If you're not on Twitter, X, I get it. Um, uh, like I said, I didn't think it could get any worse than Zelensky. I was saying this before we got on. When Zelensky, I saw Zelensky's in Canada, I'm like, we're about to give him the farm, and that mm-hmm. is, and I, I yeah. can't get behind that. And then this is, like, this happens all at the same time. It's yeah. just like, you can't make this up. Like, no. this, this is Canada right now. So, for those of you living under a rock, and it was crazy. I was trying to talk to it about talk about it to a couple people today and they're like what what happened what happened and i'm like oh buckle your fucking seat belts right uh so anthony rhoda is the speaker of the house so he's a liberal member of parliament who sits as the speaker so he's technically not independent he's a liberal mp same thing andrew Shear used to be the speaker of the house when uh stephen harper was prime minister Okay, yeah. and so he introduced this guy. Didn't know at the time, apparently, that he was a literal fucking Nazi. And then afterwards, he issued this statement. He said, "On Friday, September twenty second, in my remarks following the address of the president of Ukraine, I recognized an individual in the gallery. I have subsequently become aware of more information, which causes me to regret my decision to do so." I wish to make clear that no one, including fellow parliamentarians at the Ukraine delegation, was aware of my intention or of my remarks before I delivered them. This initiative was entirely my own, the individual in question being from my writing and having been brought to my attention. I particularly want to extend my deepest apologies to Jewish communities in Canada and around the world. I accept full responsibility for my actions. Honorable Anthony Rhoda, MP. Okay, so this guy didn't know what he was getting into. But here, watch this. Watch this. This is the thing, right? So so this is his person that he brought on board. Okay, now watch the video of him introducing him. And you can see the exact moment where he puts two and two together. Can you zoom in on the, just a, yeah, there we go. Ukrainian-Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians. There it is. <laughs> that's it right there. That's the one. Because had... who fought the Russians? Well, that's exactly it. If you were going to describe, just real quick, if you were going to describe World War II in like 30 seconds. Not too bad. Not too bad. Allies good. Allies good. And then who were the major allies? You'd probably say Great Britain, U.S., 
Canada, Russia, and that's uh, Germany, Australia. Germany? Yeah, there's some yeah. other yeah. players, but those are the big fighting yeah. forces. Yeah, yeah, and then and then you would say, okay, well, who were the Nazis? <laughs> they were Germany. Okay, so so who fought Germany, or pardon me, who fought Russia in the Second World War? That would be Germany. Okay, so if someone is a World War II veteran who fought Russia in the Second World War, they're going to be a fucking kraut. And I can say that because it's my culture. That's and, my that's our word. You can't use it. Well, and it's amazing to me that, first of all, like not all Germans were Nazis. The, the bulk of the German army was Wehrmacht. They were just regular dudes who were like, we're going to war for our country. I get it. The historians get it. The Waffen SS. The Waffen. A, it's a whole other beast. It's a whole other beast. It's it's devoted to Hitler. It's Swartz blood oath to Hitler. Had the little tattoo under the left armpit. It had, you know, it's a whole other beast. And does the he Galatians, have the tattoo? I don't know if he does or not, but all Waffen, all SS units did. And the Galatians were because so the. The interesting thing about the history of the Galatians, because they're Ukrainian, they went overboard to impress their handlers. It's that kind of symptom or whatever you want to call it. Like um, what the that, main, mainstream media does here. Very much so. But these, this particular unit was like, we can be even worse than the normal Waffen-SS. Like, we can do more. And dude, like, we saw how Poland's uh, prime minister put out a statement yesterday. And the ambassador. Uh, and, oh, dude. Like, not good, not good. Yep. You've got you've got Polish ambassadors and Rob Schneider simultaneously calling out the Canadian government for for bringing an actual literal fucking Nazi and there isn't it something and giving that him have, a standing ovation. We actually have to say actual Nazi. Now, I didn't bring. I, I'm not the guy who thought of this. Somebody on Twitter ahead of me did, but we have to say actual Nazi now. Because we've gotten so used to the word Nazi, it well, means that's nothing. A really good point. Here's here's Jennifer Jennifer L. Right, Trudeau accuses conservative MPs of standing with people who wave swastikas. Right, so somehow when you talk about Nazis, you talk about that, it comes back to, um, you know, the trucker convoy because of one flag, and we all know it's complete and utter bullshit. But in saying that. The, the media cycle painted as as such. So when you go, it's an actual Nazi. Like, folks, it's an actual Nazi. I can't l not laugh about this because it's like, I can't believe I'm saying these words that this happened and everybody gave him a standing O. And you can imagine there's somebody well, in the so back that had no idea. They saw everybody else get up and were clapping. Oh, crap, I better clap too. But you watch Pierre Polyev's clap, man, the <laughs> slowest, you're like, hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's really a lot of interesting here. things there, right? Because you expect them to be vetted and everybody's standing up and clapping and standing up and clapping. Uh, there was one audio clip. I, I can't find it off the top of my head. I got 50 tabs open for this. But <laughs> it said that Vladimir Zelensky got 12 standing ovations during his speech. Okay? Think about that. Like, mm -hmm. if you were at Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, and it somehow made a baby with the best wartime speech Winston Churchill ever gave, 
it would get like four standing ovations at best. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that these people are all expected to just stand up and clap like fucking seals at SeaWorld. Okay. Yeah. This is what they're expected to do. And then you're so caught up in this anti-Russian bullshit that you're like, oh, well, this guy fought against the Russians. Sounds good. He's in. Well, who did he fight for? Doesn't matter. Just bring him up. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and you see the defense to this now is is essentially they're the good Nazis. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're I mean, the good Nazis. They, they were Nazis with the okay. small end. <laughs> Can you imagine going into the room? Okay, after, right? Uh, have you have you seen social media? Social media? What are you talking about? Mm. Have you seen social media? And you can imagine me and the staffer and like sliding a phone across the table and then that t- phone smashing the wall and being there like, how are we going to spin this, guys? Good Nazi? Yeah. Can we say that? Is yeah, that, is that mean, plausible? Can we put that out in the world? Let's just take a minute and, and think about all of the good things that 1940s Germany did for their um, rail infrastructure. Right? I mean, like, how do you, like, you, you really got a grasp to give this even the tiniest little bit of spin. And like, they're oh, trying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I mean, they, they did those weight loss camps were absolutely wonderful for so many people. So like at this you, point, you, I expect he's going to have Paul Bernardo in the parliament to talk about babysitting. Like, it's just, this is where yeah. we're at. Yeah, we're, we're going to have Hannibal him. Lecter up and give a speech, and then we're going to give him a fucking grant for he's gonna get, fucking he's gonna get culinary school. In. He's going to get picked in there to fucking give farming advice. Like, yeah. this is where he's going to get. It's too bad Ted Kaczynski's dead because he was about to be nominated for head of Canada Post. <laughs> okay, so true. so some people having some fun. Obviously, twos. Justin Trudeau did not see that coming. Yes. Okay, but here's the thing: is there's another one that goes along with that. Toronto Sun headline did not see. Yeah, the Toronto Suns headline for today used my tweet, which is, I mean, I got nothing but love for those guys, so I'm happy, right? I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be like, oh, plagiarism. Because also, it's kind of low-hanging fruit. Greg Wycliffe is coming on the podcast a couple weeks. I had to show him some love. This is good. Broke Bank Mountain. Trudeau and Zelensky. Everybody's getting in on the fun, right? So anyways, that's... that's, uh, that's that's oh, some of the the interesting here's, things. Here's another one. So here's here's the problem with all of this is that when you see Nazis everywhere, when that's a Nazi and that's a Nazi and this is a Nazi and oh, there's another Nazi, you can't actually tell when there's a real fucking one in the room, yeah. right? And everybody's been a Nazi, and so um, uh, Christine Anderson, when they were shit talking the. MPs for meeting with that German politician because uh, there was a couple there was a couple media articles that just quoted each other saying that she was a Nazi and then that was given as definitive proof that she was a fucking Nazi right and they said if you have 10 people at your table and one of them is a Nazi you have 10 Nazis at your table well guess what there was 339 people at this fucking table 338 of them being our politicians right so yeah, it's it's funny that this this whole thing, uh, everybody's a Nazi. It's all come home to roost, right? People who live in glass houses shouldn't call every fucking person who disagrees with them for eight straight years a fucking Nazi. Okay, 
if somebody's listening in and, and trying to figure out where the timetable on this thing's going, we figured an actual Nazi Sideways. in Parliament was probably worth more than two minutes. I mean, like, I just, we were, we were joking before we got on here. Like, I I didn't think it could get any stranger, worse. I don't know the word right now in Canada. But every time you think we've hit absolute bottom, we dig a little deeper, and not in the good sense. Seek and destroy. Okay, let's let's start at the top of here. India suspended visas for Canadian nationals, and Canada said it is... Oh, well, come on, Sean. Here we go. Come on. India suspended visas for Canadian nationals, and Canada said it was adjusting its diplomatic presence in the country as ties between the two countries sank to a fresh low in the wake of allegations by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau that India that was potentially involved in the killing of Sikh separatists in Canada. The two countries each ejected a senior dis- diplomat from the other country over the dispute, and Canada earlier halted talks on trade agreement. India has called the accusation that it was involved in the killing absurd. Trudeau revealed in the House of Commons on Monday the Canadian intelligence services are investigating credible information about a potential link between India's government and the death of British Columbia Sikh leader Hardeep Singh Nahar. Nahar was shot outside his gudwar, uh, gudwara in Surrey, B.C. on June 18th in the wake the of his death. Gudwara? I have no idea. Somewhere, somewhere, is- somewhere Hank is, is absolutely just howling because Sean's butchering names again. Apologies. Members of the Sikh community accused the Indian government of being involved in the killing and attempting to silence voices advocating an independent Sikh country. And then uh, invo- as we get into Western countries, uh, one of the articles we had said uh, Saskatchewan makes up roughly a third of Canada's exports to India, which were worth over a billion to the provincial economy. Saskatchewan also has a trade and investment office in New Delhi, uh, and uh, the quote was, does Trudeau even understand the damage he's doing our, to our trade relationship with he India? Doesn't... One of our most important trading partners, Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe, posted on social media last week. He doesn't give a shit. Here's the thing, Sean. And, and Chuck, you're you're from Ontario. You're mm-hmm. fairly new to this side of the... <laughs> yeah, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, people in Ontario, they don't really give a shit what happens out here, right? They don't. And so you're not wrong. So when when okay, yeah, yeah, India is one of Canada's biggest trading partners. Okay. Well, where's ninety-eight percent of that trade happening? West of Manitoba. So who gives a shit if we fuck it up? Okay, so I'm just gonna go over there and pretend like I'm some Bollywood fucking star, and I'm gonna follow it up by having my plane break down on the tarmac because seriously like everything miles out eventually and then i'm gonna just pick a fight with these assholes because they pissed me off somehow and who gives a shit because it's not like any of the important people are missing out on the trade stuff it's just western canadians i tell you what if it was boeing or some uh auto manufacturer in ontario that was a giant trade partner with india he would have treated this whole fucking thing completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you saw like a week ago, 10 days ago, when this was all really boiling and uh, Trudeau's guys started dropping words like human, you know, we got some human, human being human intelligence. So they start dro- dropping this uh, military lexicon, like this, this spy lexicon and, uh, it's just one of those things where you find out that their human was taken from like the a literal beast, Google search, a Google search. That's their human, but they throw out yep. these words. Well, people watch. That's what the words that they used on like Navy SEAL shows. So this must be really important. No, he Googled it. 
Well, I'm sure no. he didn't because he's probably incapable of Googling. If but... they'd actually Googled the actual Nazi, saying? they might Are have figured some things out. Trudeau is not a good Googleizer. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. But here, so here we are now, the world's largest democracy, one of the powerhouses in the world, mm-hmm. and we are isolating ourselves from them. It's, yeah. it's because they're a democracy. Yeah. Although, to be that. fair, like when you look at when you look at the disfavorable coverage that Trudeau is fairly getting in Indian uh, media, yeah, there's there's a lot of spin. You can tell that there's as much as I love the fact that they're shitting all over that jackass. You can tell that there's a lot of spin. Oh, they're totally sure. downplaying the Khalistani uh, separatism. And as far as I'm concerned, any separate, any separatist in any part of the world, I'm going to side with them until proven otherwise. Right? Because they're the people who live there. They're the people in that situation being governed by people who live somewhere else is somewhere in a different spot and they're not going to be able to respond to those local needs as well. And so unless you give me a good reason, I'm going to say that every separatist is correct in their wanting. Now that doesn't justify the things they do to be clear, but as a concept, well, so so let's layer your concept then into Eastern Ukraine where I'm yeah. Well, or Crimea, you can take crime. Well, Russia took Crimea. We can't take Crimea. But if you look at the three Not regions... that attitude. <laughs> those three regions in eastern Ukraine that have been being bombed by their own people for nine years, they're separatists because they're 90% ethnic Russians. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason they don't want to be a part of Ukraine. It's the same... And now, I'm not justifying anybody's actions here. I'm just saying... You get where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Can somebody please clarify for this for me? The intelligence Trudeau got is from a Google search of the B- BC Premier. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is just so, so uh, just so I'm clear on this. So this, this was, is this the is same the BC government. Premier. This is the same government that during yep. COVID said, "Don't do your own research. That's dangerous." Yeah, don't but Google done, stuff. But then they used a quick Google search mm-hmm. to attack one of the biggest populations on the world. Yep. And if they'd done their own quick Google search they would have actually seen they had an actual Nazi in Parliament. Yeah. The irony is thick on this, folks. But oh, the yeah. problem is, is that Google searches would have told you that ivermectin wasn't a horse medicine either, so they're still scared of it. Okay, so Trudeau reached out with a briefing. I said yes. So this is the BC Premier, uh, whatever the fuck that new guy is. Yeah. Who gives a shit? The briefing was open source, available in an internet search, which I found frustrating. David Ebby, Premier of British Columbia. In the province where Niger, there's a joke I'm not going to go near, um, was shot. Here's a couple other things on this story, and I see Derek Homadal has chimed in, and I want to actually get to that thought. But it said, uh, here's uh, Graham Menzies. Bizarre, he came to Canada in 1997, used a false passport. His refugee claim was rejected, but 11 days after that, he married a woman who sponsored him for immigration. That, too, was rejected. Trudeau referred to him as a Canadian in the House of Commons. So that's that's uh, the man who was killed, right, that all this is surrounding. Yeah. Um, 
this is another part of this. Now Canada issues a, so now fast forward to where we are now. Canada issues a travel advisory to India, exercise a high degree of caution due to threats of terrorist attacks throughout the whole country, recommends to avoid all travel. Seems like quite a blanket statement. Okay, that's that one. And then here's the polling uh, in B.C. as well. The liberals are polling behind the Greens in B.C. Now, granted, the Greens are most popular in B.C., but they're also fucking lunatics. Uh, and I still love that the PPC is in dead last. Like it just, like nobody gives a shit about them except for, like five guys on Twitter. Oh, okay, Chuck and twos. Here we go. All right, so so we're gonna duke it out. Hopefully not physically. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> so here's the thing with the my PPC money's on Chuck. Then is okay. Well, we'll you know what? Would you say that to my face? No fucking way. <laughs> All right, so. The problem with the PPC and the CPC is that they're always talking past each other because the PPC look at the C conservative party and they say, well, you guys aren't actually conservative. You don't have any conservative policies. Nothing you guys actually do is right of center. You're always just going middle of the road, which in Canadian politics means big government, big spending and a bunch of fence sitting. And that's fair. And then the conservatives go to the PPC and go, your guy isn't even trying to win. He's just trying to be the center of attention. And both things are correct, but nobody's listening to either one. And so then they just go like this for a while. Well, the PPC might actually be effective if their campaigning message wasn't, you're all fucking idiots, so vote for us. But if you go that's, on Twitter, that's very true. Yep. And you're about to have a guy on Sean who's one of them that does that. Um, and uh, several of the other main trolls out there, there's no message of unity from them. They've they've given up even attempting to win. They're just spoilers now. And you can see it by their main seven or eight trolls who all used to follow me at one point or another and vice versa. And then they just went crazy. So it's one of those things where you're actually stupid. You must be an idiot because you're not voting for us. So please vote for us. That doesn't work. It no, just it, doesn't work. I can. You're right. But at the same time, I can appreciate where they're coming from, where it's like it's like they've been yelling at a wall for this whole time and saying, like, look at look at the last election. Look at the bullshit Aaron O'Toole was running on. But he's, even conservatives called him out. We called him out. Every value yeah, was like, don't vote for him. He didn't guy. vote PPC. Right? And I I don't I don't like either party to be clear. No, fair. Yeah. So so I'm not playing favorites here. I think I think they both suck. But uh, what? This was just getting fun. God, you're such a buzzkill, Sean. I want I want to go to this comment. Or did, this is going back to the Nazi. Or they actually knew what they were doing and took advantage to cripple the West even more. That's a scary thought. That has been thrown out. That they actually knew they were going to put an actual Nazi. In the parliament, people are going to clap for him to just set off uh, an abs absolute nuclear bomb in Canada. Thoughts? You look, you look at Christina Freeland's background and especially yep. the stuff that's been revealed about her. Which is very well documented. This yeah. is not fringe conspiracy theory, no. far out there podcast stuff. This is this is fucking. Here, we've got just, receipts on that. On that, just on Christina Freeland. Here, here's well, a story of another Ukrainian Nazi. His name is. Mikhailo Komiak. 
He was well-educated, and he moved to Krakow in 1939. He received an apartment which had been seized from Jewish owners. He became the editor-in-chief of the Kravitsky uh, Visti, a daily newspaper which had been seized from the Jewish owners and then turned into a Nazi propaganda publication. He was editor-in-chief of this Nazi newspaper for five years in Krakow and then in Vienna. He also officially responsible for another weekly Nazi publication. He was 32 to 37 years old during this time as a prolific Nazi propagandist. After the war ended, he immigrated to Canada, changed his name to Michael Chomiak. He became a pillar of the Ukrainian community and had a family. His granddaughter is Christia Freeland. Well, worse, she actually wrote for a paper, that I don't know if you've seen that on the Twitter, where somebody found that out. She used to write for a paper when she was a journalist where they actually covered the Galatians with glowing reviews they're just they're not bad guys you know she worked for that paper maybe she just meant book in the bible you know right before ephesians <laughs> i don't know I, I to go into your comment the guy's comment about uh well and and look at it again chuck Th- this is a good comment trudeau may be an idiot fair. but his handlers yeah. are not and that is well, a weird no, point no it's that's not what that I'm he saying. may be an idiot he's a straight up fucking moron he is but she is not she is absolutely not an Freeland? idiot yeah she's a smart woman she's an Aussie twitchy to not be smart oh she's coked right out just like Zelensky but <laughs> I think I think she could have known about it because she knows everybody in her little sphere Definitely. she had she had to have known yes I think well, so it, it, it's crazy like how do you you know, I, I, I get the fact that you assume when, because in question period, there's always people being presented and it's expected that you stand up and clap for them, right? Mm-hmm. But when Anthony Rhoda goes up there and he's like, this guy fought the Russians in World War II, you don't say, wait, a, wait, just just, just hold too on many, a sec too, here. Too many people just, are on autopilot, man. Too many people. Just too many, hold on too- a sec. Too many people like, aren't on a pilot. There's almost 350 people in that room standing up clapping, not including the the gallery. Too many yeah. people. Too and many people not are on a single autopilot. Person too. said, "Huh, right?" Like there's that classic picture. You not just Germany. said. You just literally said. You could have Googled that ivermectin wasn't horse paste and was actually a whole bunch of things. We all did it, and yet nobody in Parliament would say it. So I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, too many people are on autopilot. They think yeah. fighting in Ukraine is a great thing. We're doing a, a great service here. Send them as much money and as much things as humanly possible, and we're living on a different planet. Because I just—what did I say before we started? I'm like, I thought Zelensky being in Canada, I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, we're about to give him a boatload of money. And then yeah, on top of that— Another boatload. Correct. And not like—not one of our Canadian boats that's fucking sitting in a— sitting in a port broken for years on end. No, like we're paying for that too. Fucking boat, we're, we're, right? But okay, so Almadal again, of all the vets in Canada, what are the odds that you have the one guy that is a Nazi? With the liberals, I'd say it's pretty fucking high. It's I don't pretty know. high. Chuck, yeah. Chuck, this guy is a fellow veteran. How do you feel about this? Well, I'm going <laughs> to buy him a fucking beer at the Legion next time I see him. I'll tell you what. No, uh, I, I mean the fucking Nazi dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Let's it's, try and get the, let's try and get the ship on the road. I mean, there's an actual Nazi in Parliament. How am I supposed to get the ship on the road, folks? 
The ship shouldn't go on the road. I know. On. I don't you know. know. I, mean. I, I I'm not sure if you're, exactly, you're, exactly. I'm I, I can tell that your seamanship point. comes from your Saskatchewan heritage, where there aren't a whole lot of oceans and seas and whatnot. But ships, you know, I I get the fact that they're safest in harbors, but they're also not made to be on roads. Are you done yet? You want to test God? Come and get it. Shit stack. Okay. Here's here's two things, and all I have written beside it on my end is ask two is WTF. So here it is. Okay, Trudeau to send $80 to Heidi, uh, Haiti. <laughs> Way to go, CTV News. That was Tracy Wilson commenting on okay, that. Okay, I just and then, love and then how the stupid go- people are. And then show this video. Okay. <laughs> just go full screen and show this video. It's it's a minute long, and for the first 30 seconds, you're going to be like, why are we watching this? But it's all going to make sense. I'm going to take your gloves. Can you turn up the volume? That's as loud as that's as loud as it goes. You took her ball. You took her ball, bro. You took her ball. If you need money for her golf balls, Walter. Oh, here. Oh shit, Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Fucking cheeseburgers are fucking rain. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, there's a guy on a golf course who took somebody's ball, and he's holding it up to them, and he's like, I'm not going to give it back, and you guys can fucking leave. And then they start chirping at him, and then all of a sudden, he takes his shirt right off and flexes his fucking cheeseburger gut at them and says, you want to see God? Come fucking test it, shit stack. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm just, cheering for him. It's it's great. This is. Have you ever heard that strategy before? I don't know if you've ever used this in Afghanistan, but like, <laughs> when someone's coming at you and you really want to throw them for a fucking loop, right before the fight, you take, take off, off all of your clothes. You gotta take the tarp off, yeah. If you're not you taking take, the tarp off, you're not fighting. Well, I mean, taking your tarps off, I okay, Ron McLean, but. Uh, he calls him Walter. Anybody know the background in that? Even the people I in the video. Like, even I, the people in the video are like Walter. I assume it's, you know? it's kind of like a like I, I could Walter's watch this an older name, right? I could watch this on repeat, just over and over and over again. Huh? Come get it, shit stack. <laughs> yeah. You want to test God? <laughs> oh, anyways, I mean, uh, oh, I just so anyways, it, it it was just really funny that there was some really stupid things on the internet. You had CTV, who we give at least $80 to, saying that we're going to give it Haiti $80. Well, that goes a long way in Haiti, though. Yeah. <laughs> but you notice... Yeah, the and, and they're not going to be mad about it. It's not like they're going to be haters. No, but you notice that the Clinton Foundation wrapped up their part of Haiti now? And have yeah, well, that's because to... that's because What's-Her-Name got married. Which one? Uh, Chelsea. Oh. Chelsea. Yeah, that's that's where all the money for 
her wedding came from was the Haitian donation. I thought it would have so, gone to her braces or something for that thing. Sean Rue is like there me. isn't enough money in the world for that. <laughs> Sean Rue is is like me. He's like, what? That was totally. Random. I don't know. It was just. It, it, it was I, totally I, I saw that video and I was like, this is just pretty much the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I need to share it with you. And people. then an old teammate of mine, Sean Zatry, he says that reminded me of an old coach, and he laughs, and I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> we used to have shout out to Ken Larry Rutherford, when, please. Larry, say Ken Rutherford. No, Larry, Larry Wintoniak. We got in a bench clearing brawl one time against Fort Francis Thunder. And the entire the game's over. Him and the coach have words, and then an all-out mayhem ensues. I mean, the, what can the refs do at this point? Coaches are fighting, trainers are fighting, everybody's fighting. The entire bench has come on the ice and they just go Finland? at it. No, this this is in Ontario. Trident versus Fort Francis, my first year in junior hockey. And Larry gets on the bus after. And I mean as an 18-year-old kid where you're fighting for your life and there's just people throwing haymakers everywhere and it's dog pile after dog pile and just fight. And, I mean, what, what can you do as a ref at that point? You're kind of like... Well, especially just, the games. Like, this is the just final let them, just, like, let them, just let them go, boys, because there's no point in getting in the middle of this. And he gets on the bus and he's like, are you fucking ready, boys? Is that fucking... And you're like... And he just loved it. Old boy he used to play for uh, uh, the Thunder Bay... Thunder Bay. What was the, what was the team name? Oh my God! They won the Allen Shit Cup. Stacks. No God! Come on, Thunder Bay. Come Shit on, Zadri. Where are you at on me name, here? By the way, Thunder Bay. What am I missing, folks? They were in All a movie. All of it. For... The team name. That's what you're missing. Fuck. Fuck twos. You're that's the worst Googleizer as well. Oh man. Oh. That's gonna drive me nuts. Anyways. Um, and this is, this is your brother, but like the way black people mean it because it has more meaning. Alberta. <laughs> Alberta gets a glimpse of independence. I don't know if I like Chuck laughing at two's jokes. Just saying, folks. The Alberta <laughs> government released a long-awaited report Thursday on the possibility of establishing an Alberta-only pension plan claiming the province is entitled to a staggering $334 billion asset transfer from the Canadian pension plan in 2027. That's more than half the fund's estimated total net assets. The third-party report compiled by a consultant at LifeWorks attributed the figure to Alberta's high employment rates, young population, and high higher pen, uh, pensionable earnings, which it claims has meant the province has sent billions more into the CPP compared to what it has received. Uh, just for side note for twos, because I know how much he loves Quebec. Quebec, no matter what, would not be affected, uh, no matter what Alberta does, because it's operated its own pensions plan for decades now. Just a side note. I know. Isn't it weird how Alberta is looking into doing the same thing Quebec does? And Quebec gets a free pass for it. Yeah. But then Alberta says, okay, well, you know what? We might want to try that too. And now we're all a bunch of Nazis. Correct. Uh, Sean Zachary chimed in and said, Flyers, eh, you were wrong. The answer was Bombers, and it just popped in my head as soon as I saw Flyers. It was the Thunder Bay Bombers. They were literally in uh, Youngblood, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, side note, weird hockey trivia that just sticks in the back of my brain. Anyways, Daniel Smith, I believe that an Alberta pension plan would be fair and could make life more affordable for Albertans. Uh, she said during a press conference, support estimates that would move uh, that would save more than five billion in the first year. To withdraw from the CPP, Alberta would need to provide written notice that it is planned to do so and draft legislation to establish an Alberta pension plan. It would also need to accept contributions beginning in the third year, following the uh, following the year in which it gives notice, and then provide comparable benefits to the CPP. 
Please do not get your hopes up just yet, Albertans. The government is quick to note that such a plan to withdraw from the CPP is still in the early hypothetical stages. Now that it has been released, the next few months will see former progressive conservative finance minister Jim Dinning head up a panel that will consult with Albertans on the idea over the fall and into spring 2024. If this goes well, the government says it could be it could then hold a referendum. So we got to wait for a whole bunch of things to come, but I guess the train is moving. And chime in. I give you. I give you. Oh, Quebec, because I knew that would get under two skin just just a little bit. But here's another one that's going to really hurt him. Rachel Notley says, Danielle Smith took the first step in her long-term plan to steal your pension, said Notley. She did it by releasing a report riddled with fake numbers, and she now plans to spend your money campaigning to convince you it's a good idea. It's not. Okay, there's so much to unpack here. Okay, first off, uh, Trevor Toom accidentally kind of owned the uh oh shit you know what i'm gonna have to filibuster for a while while i find the tabs because there's so many fucking open right now (laughs) but he said that basically ontario um if ontario left the cpp and alberta left the cpp and i think the third one was bc left the cpp they would each be entitled to something like 124 percent of the canada pension plan and and somebody else did the reductive math, Courtney Theriot, and said that Eastern Canada would be entitled to negative $76 billion. <laughs> okay? The math checks out. That's the thing. This this is what they don't realize yeah. is that there's, there's areas in the country that produce a lot more than they use. Okay? And it's, it's absolutely fair, okay? And so when you look at it, you say, all right, well, you know what? I mean, there's only there's only a certain amount of money left in the pool. So if you want to take half of it, and you want to take half of it, and you want to take half of it, that's more than all of it. So where's the rest of the money gone? The rest of the money fucking went out east. That's yeah. what happened. And, and they don't make that little deduction necessary to realize that this whole thing's a fucking Ponzi scheme and a wealth transfer system, right? Yeah. So they're they're making an argument against continuing to be in the CPP without actually being smart enough to realize it, okay? Uh, one of the other things, so basically the uh, heuristics of the analysis said that if Alberta had been making similar contributions on their own and getting similar results independent of being part of the CPP, this is how much money they would have made. And so that's how much money they're entitled to. Right. And so that's where Ontario would be entitled to a roughly similar amount. And I think it was BC. Don't quote me on that. Cause I, I haven't brought it up yet. Right. But the thing about it is, okay, first off there, Trevor tomb, who is, by the way, paid by the CBC, which makes him suspect, okay? He said that in all likelihood, Alberta would be entitled to 20 to 25% of that pension fund. Alberta has roughly 11% of the Canadian population, okay? So right off the bat with him saying, oh, it's ridiculous that they need 54%. They're entitled to 25% at the most. That's still more than double what they should be entitled to on a per capita basis. 
So again, like these people don't realize that they're making the arguments yeah. for Albertan independence. Yes. While they're trying to dispute what's being put forth. A hundred percent. And they, they never see that. And then I don't know if they ever have an aha epiphany moment. No, they see, don't. They're idiots. They don't. Yeah. But the rest of us are like, yeah, we know. We Your figures check out. We know. My wallet is always being tapped by you. Like, yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I don't know if that means Alberta independence, but I'm okay with it at this point. No, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do? Are we going to talk for four hours tonight? You, no, you, 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 you got a time limit, Toos? I don't know what you, you want me to do no, here. I've given you all the time in the world. What do, what do you, you have not given me all the time in the world. You give me a fucking buzzer. What's the next thing? The next thing is hope for parents who march. I figured we'd, we'd, we'd go into a little bit of the, since we all marched on different spots. I thought that would be a great starting point. Twos, never trust anyone who says don't tell your parents. I'd say that's pretty good advice. Would yeah. you guys like to know a cool story about the protest in Calgary? Sure. Would I? All right. Okay. So me and Mrs. Twos go out there. And we're checking things out. And then she's cold because she's a woman. Not like a, a liberal sort of, you know, gutter dick chopped off, but like an actual honest to God, you know, classical woman. And so as a result, she's always cold, especially when she's outside. So we go into whatever the Harry Hayes building, um, which celebrated its 41st anniversary yesterday. Because uh, it was commissioned on September 24th, 1982. So anyway, we go in there to warm up and there's a convenience store concession stand, whatever the hell you want to call it up there, like this tiny little 7-Eleven type kiosk. And I get a lottery ticket because I'm like, wouldn't it be just the ultimate irony if I went into a government building while I was at a protest about the shit our government does? And just bought a lottery ticket and then won the lottery. And then I could fuck off to Belize and never have to deal with this bullshit again. I won the fucking lottery, guys. Here's the big announcement. Twos won the fucking lottery when he got a lottery ticket at the protest. I don't Would you win? Five bucks. Nice, buddy. That's a couple coffees. Yeah. Is that even a couple coffees anymore? I feel I like. I don't even everything. know. <laughs> yeah. Two's won five bucks. Well, now on, he's got to split it with Mrs. Two's. On, on this side, uh, obviously we had the 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 march here in Lloydminster, the uh, one million march for children. Um, you know, it, it was interesting to see. Uh, from Chuck, you were in Lloyd, and you can share your thoughts. Uh, it was interesting to see the different videos from across Canada. Yeah. I don't know if they ever got close to the one million people marching. I actually don't know the answer to that. I've never heard. But I, I would argue that it was well attended Probably across Canada. That, but that's still big. It's still well, huge considering considering a lot of factors. I think it was well attended all across the country. And we've said it a few times. In Lloyd, you had seven. We counted, like there's three people counting, about 700 people. It was a mixed crowd. There were people from every background, every walk of life. There was it like was, five different religions that you could count just easily. Yeah, at the one in Calgary, and who knows? There might have been a couple Zoroastrians there, right? Or you a never know. Alice. But the, you, you, the thing that brought everybody together, 
is the kids. If you're going to go after people's yeah, kids, it brings them together too, Chuck. It brings them together too. But we, as a collective, don't want anybody messing with our kids, or at least our side doesn't. And to see everybody there like that and just peacefully doing their thing. Sorry. And, uh, cat. And, uh, but then the counter protesters. So I had a unique vantage point for our counter protesters, about 20 of them. Only about three or four of them are really shitty. And, uh, the one guy who was trying to get in everybody's face and shout you down and shout down everybody else who spoke, he finally ran out of steam. And then he just started talking to other people around him. And he was like, he was done because he, he just kind of lost his guff. You had the other ones who were kind of, you know, loud in your face and on the bullhorn. And even they just ran out of steam. They just, nobody interacted with them very much. Although I have friends who are at other ones in Edmonton and around the areas, and they those got a little spicy. They did they did get spicy. So I thought, you know what? You got 700 people out in a small town that was well attended and it was well run, and people got a lot out of it. Everybody talked to everybody that you know the way they do in small towns, and I thought that was pretty brilliant. Well, and you had Miranda Courts uh, who helped organize it chime in, and it was awesome. I would agree, Miranda. And I would just say it, it was interesting because we were talking about it before we started. I'd never seen a counter protest before. Like I, I, I've, no. I've, I've, I've walked in a protest. I've always been to Ottawa, um, but I've never quite seen people lose their mind quite like that. You know, like as soon yeah. as the speeches started, they hadn't even said two words. I mean, Leighton Gray's literally saying, "We welcome you all." Fucking hate you, and you're like, "Holy crap, this is like intense." Like he just literally said. We we're, we all want to be together on this, including you folks, and they lost it. And you're like, well, buckle up, folks. This is going to be an interesting hour. But then you had Mark Toop get on stage, and he's sitting there, and he's playing, you know. The yeah. Tom Petty song sticks out to me because he's playing Tom Petty. Well, back one down. Of them, one of them gets on the speed. Like, everybody's just sitting around having a hot dog or a burger, right? Just like society's playing on. Everybody's calmed down. Everybody's, you know, kids are playing, and there's nothing going on. A guy's singing on stage, and I don't, sorry, Mark, I don't know how old you are, but I, I assume... 60s. I hope I'm. I hope I'm. I'm. I'm shooting you a little young. I, I actually don't know, but that's where I'm going to throw you. At. And he starts playing Tom Petty, and and it's almost like a last gasp, you know? Ah, fuck! Tom Petty hates you, and you're like, why even say that? And then they just put the speaker back down and just went back yeah. to whatever they're doing. And just, you're like, they just, you're like, they had no place. Honestly, it was like so, like you know, they got Tom little Petty's kids dead. <laughs> well, obviously, but I mean, at the Not end of the day, obviously. At the end of the day, Mark Toop is this guy sitting up on stage just singing a few songs. It was great. It was just, like, very nice. And uh, they were even getting along with everybody, you know? But yeah, it, it was an, it was an interesting, because I'd never seen that side of anyone before, you know? Like, where... where well, I had a like, friend who was in Edmonton, and where they had a, a crowd of several thousand or a couple thousand, you know, marching for, like we did, they had quite a number of a few hundred counter protesters and that can make a difference right that 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 crowd mentality happens and that gets going we only had 20 10 of them 15 of them just sat there like i'm not really sure why i'm here um your buddy with his uh kid on his shoulders kind of wandered in around them yeah, I thought that was, rutherford yeah, yeah, yeah that was pretty funny i found that amusing. i kept an eye on him because he he just kept wandering around them and i was like does he know he knows what he's he doing. can he can <laughs> handle himself oh i'm yeah. sure he could but he uh 
Well, when we started the day, Chuck, and yeah. I, I assume you both agree with this, I'm like, okay, if ten if ten of them show up and only a hundred of us show up, we're we're gonna have our hands full. If a thousand of us show up and ten of them show up, it's gonna be easy peasy because just numbers alone. And the thing is, is that uh, you know here in Lloyd, at least at ten o'clock, there was probably only two hundred and fifty people there. Yeah. But by eleven o'clock, now you got seven hundred. Yeah. Right. So so you can see where where the 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 ten to twenty of them. Are feeling like okay, we got a shot here, you know, we can really cause some mayhem. And then by the end, like it's like there's this big sea of people. Like I was at, I got out to the first corner to run corners for for traffic, and I'm like, holy crap! Like oh, me too. This... When me when me and uh, your brother were down at the furthest one there, we I was like, dude, it's still coming. There's still there's hundreds of them. Yeah, it was impressive. It was impressive. there was I don't know probably about twenty counter protesters. But the cops had it set up so that they were on the far side of the street and you couldn't hear a, a word they were saying. Right. And so then on on the good side of the street, right, uh, on the right side of the street and over there, they're on the wrong side of history. Uh, you had you had Sikhs, you had Muslims, you had <laughs> Christians, you had Jewish people, you had you uh there was there was a lot of First Nations people, right? You mm -hmm. you had so many different backgrounds, and that's the diversity that that is you know, it's it's funny, it's the diversity that the liberals have been pushing for so yeah. incredibly long. They finally and, got it. <laughs> and we're all on this one side looking at a bunch of blue haired weirdos. Yeah. Did you did you see this bell? holding a healing session on Thursday for the two, and I've been saying this wrong, twos. I got a few more letters to add in now, uh, folks, so I'm going to see if I can get better at this. And I know everybody thinks I'm funny for it, but I, I'm like, I'm, I'm dead. It's now the 2SL. So they have changed the order on me even. Mm -hmm. The 2SL GBTQIA+. I remember. And they're I was like... They're holding. Uh, wait, wait. The, the, Bell stands firmly in support of all of its solidarity with the, the, the team members. Will continue to foster respect. Da, 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 da. And what are they doing? They're having. Uh, they're having. Where does it say it to? Is they're having. Well, well, I I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm gonna start talking. And I remember literally like twenty. It was 2020. Healing and sessions. They're having healing sessions. That's what I was looking for. It's right at the bottom. They're having, Bell is having healing sessions for what went on at this protest where parents are literally like, we'd like to be in on this conversation. That's generally what was going on. It's like parental rights, you know? Anyways. All right. So back to my thing, Sean. Oh, back to Two's thing, right? Back Fuck to me, my hey, thing. Two's. Okay, so, Two's. Two's, so let's to, hear it. Let's hear it, Two's. 2000, I was living in Saskatoon. <sighs> And we were, nope, undo the buzzer. In 2000, I was living in Saskatoon, and we were laughing about it because the LGB group was the LG uh, group the year before. And then in 2021, they were the LGBT group. And it was just funny because we're like, okay, well, how many more years is this going to go for? And how many more letters are they going to add? And honestly, all of them. <laughs> you're, you're not you're not far off. I, I'm this not even is, gonna, we were I'm not joking about this 23 years ago. 
Okay. Summit on affordability goes off a cliff. I'm just going to pull up Chris Sims because she's brilliant. She says, oh, riddle me this. There are 39 wonderful. people in Trudeau's cabinet. There were three days in this inflation summit retreat. How did they manage to spend 46000 on catering? That's about $393 per minister per day just on food. This is King Henry VIII oh. level eating. Sorry, real quick. Uh, Blaine Higgs, who is the, pre the conservative premier in Nova Scotia, is, as far as I know, the only politician who went to any of these protests. And that deserves mentioning. But continue does, with your thing. Actually, that does deserve mentioning. Thanks, Tuesday, mm -hmm. for bringing that up. And then Black Locks reporter uh, said, three-day cabinet retreat to discuss inflation cost $275,000, including catering from Cafe featuring $88 million, uh, millionaires cut steak and lobster platter that cost the cost of living that is our focus. It's like these guys don't have a bloody freaking clue, folks. And okay. I don't know how many more times I can keep saying it because it just keeps happening every single week. I just want to say that if... Uh, you know what? Actually, you know what? I'll make a stand on this. You put me in charge-ish for like one minute. You say twos can make any fucking rule he wants. Here's what it is. Nobody is allowed to put in a government expense receipt for anything that is labeled on the menu as market price. $16 orange juice. We had a minister this, resign over $16 orange juice. This, honestly, Chuck, this is like twice as bad as $16 orange it juice. Maybe, Do you have yeah. any idea what that means? It's What is this, a library for ants? It's just like... Yeah. I don't know, but, but like... It's it's twice as bad as sixteen dollar orange juice. Do you know Do you know what that is? Do you know what that 32. is? Thirty two. That's thirty two dollar orange juice. <laughs> you know, there were soldiers in Latvia who had to pay for their own food and then expense it Just later. A few months ago, not long ago. I have friends over there. They're like, I don't know what's going on. It's just this is the state of things. These these Laurentians can go do whatever they want. Put it on our dime. I don't know why we're taxed. They just keep printing money. So why bother taxing us? What's the point? I retired. I retired to get out of the tax that I was paying. Like, I was able to do it. I could finagle some stuff. But I was getting taxed into oblivion. I couldn't hide any more money. Like, I just couldn't do it. But these it's idiots can go... hiding money when, when we, <laughs> we have a purposely obtuse income yes. tax regulation there's no yeah. just hiding money or sheltering money you're just literally using the system to peak efficiency yes and then they'll say oh yeah yeah he's he's just you know gaming the system no 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 you, you motherfuckers set the system up i'm just using it to the best of my abilities and, and I that's am. not bad you're bad for having a shit fucking system yep Canada makes great strides towards energy independence. Romania with SNC-Lavalin. The great Canadian green dream is to have the entire country free of oil and gas use within decades. Energy will come solely from electrical generation and from non-emitting sources. The cost for upgrading the national grid to meet those goals will be in the hundreds of billions of dollars. 
Crushing Western uh, Canadian oil and gas production won't help meet those targets, but it will make for some great virtue signaling for Trudeau liberals. They will be saving the planet through shutting down those greedy fossil fuel producing Albertans. Meanwhile, the Liberal government is financing the construction of nuclear reactors in Romania to the tune of $3 billion Canadian tax dollars. The Romanian-Canada nuclear partnership is not a new thing, though, folks. In the late 1980s, Canada made a deal to supply Romania with five Candu nuclear reactors. The deal turned into utter debacle. Of the five reactors, only it two were completed. It went from can-do to no can-do. <laughs> Of the five reactors, only two were completed and brought into service, and it was over a decade behind schedule. The remaining three reactors stand partially built to this day. So why would the federal government sink billions of tax dollars into this deal? Candu Energy, Inc. is a Canadian wholly owned subsidiary of Montreal-based SNC-Lavalin, Inc. Ding, ding, ding. In 2014, SNC-Lavalin signed a cooperation agreement with China Nuclear Power Engineering Company, LTD, for the construction of two nuclear reactors at the Cernavoda nuclear power plant in Romania. It's not clear if it's the latest $2 billion loan is for this project or a new one. In other words, the deal will be carried out by a Quebec company. I hate to give twos some ammo here. In other words, the deal will be carried out by a Quebec company that already has a reputation for corruption, corrupt deals, dealings overseas it's not no wonder snc lavalin and romania can see eye to eye on such deals. a quebec company in conjunction with a chinese communist party company correct correct in and romania three billion fucking canadian dollars and if you know anything about the history of romania i don't please what what, what are we what well nikolai Ceausescu when he him and his wife were you know, running that country into the fucking shitter about 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago. And then they were taken out. Literally, the population during one of his speeches said, enough. This is all on film. Grabbed him, did like a five-minute trial, took him out behind and shot him and his wife. That country's never recovered. I mean, they've, they're still just... That's, I'm sorry, worked. are you saying that like it's a bad thing? Oh, no. I'm, I'm impressed with what they did, but that country's never recovered. The country is, why are we, we don't, we have First Nations places here that have no water, next to no electricity. Well, they have water. It's just, just you can't drink. It, it's, it's yeah. got value add. Yeah, it's it. got value add. We have, yeah. we have 10 cities in every city in Canada, and we're worried about giving some Euro country this. Like, yeah. All I know, all I know about Romania is I've only ever met one Romanian and I was doing a bunch of training in Denmark and the course I was taking had a Russian dude and a Romanian dude and they had this unofficial competition where they're trying to out stupid each other for the whole, whole segment of it, which was like over two weeks. And we were being shown this bit of technology by the guy who had invented it. And explaining how it works and how everything works down hole because uh, it's oil and gas application, right? And they argued with him about how it works. And <laughs> after literally half an hour, the guy said, look, I get it. I don't have all of the credibility you want here. I'm just the dude who invented this thing. But for the sake of everybody else, could you two just assume that this is how it works? And then we could move on to the next part of this. 
That's that's everything I know about Romania. A hundred million air, a hundred million dollar aircraft taken down by the cloud by clouds. Uh, the pilot who ejected—that's what from, it is. <laughs> I know it's just, it's funny to read it aloud. You know, you'd think I I would read through all these headlines and have my chuckle before the show starts. No, I got to read through it in the middle of the show and still laugh at these. Anyways, the pilot who ejected from a hundred million dollar. F-35 fighter jet claimed to have lost the plane in the weather and likely bailed out before he could activate its tracking system, sources and experts said. He's unsure of where his plane crashed, said he lo just lost it in the weather. A voice can be heard saying of the pilot on uh, Charleston County Emergency Medical Services call posted Tuesday by a meteorologist. And then quoted, if you turned on the onboard device, it would be easy, easily trackable, he said. But this is a stealth aircraft. If you don't turn that particular device on, it's going to be hard to make contact. Most likely, he or she did not have a lot of time to react. This was an expert talking about it. Military officials were compelled to ask for the public's help in locating the plane via post on Facebook. Okay, so just, just imagine you're, you're some random government. Maybe you spend half of the world's government budget on national defense and you say okay we're gonna get a hundred million dollar fucking plane okay and it's stealth nobody can even see it so the only person who knows where it is when it's flying is the guy in the fucking plane okay now the plane has an ejection seat you just pull the lever you're gone okay goose style but hopefully not all the way okay why would you not say if you're going to fucking eject as that lever gets pulled back, it trips a switch that turns on a fucking beacon? That'd be smart, too. Like, just, I mean, just a hundred million dollars? Like, if it crashed in my fucking field, I'd be like, I'd wait for the fucking smoke to clear. I'd, I'd literally do whatever I could to build a new Quonset so I could hide the fucker, right? And then, and then just... You're like, I know for a fact that China wants to buy this. So, how many million dollars are you guys going to give me for the location? And you know what? That Quonset I just built, there's nothing in it. I buried the fucker. So, good luck finding it. Unless you give me $83 million. Right? Because, I mean, there's patriotism, but then there's also pragmatism. And this is these are the same government, you know, the US government and all of this Western group think that still believes if we go to war with Russia, we're gonna do okay. Like oh, we just not. look at their propaganda videos versus ours. Oh yeah. You see the newest one Russia put out, I think it was today or yesterday, and it's just a couple Russian soldiers eating a little bit of food and they're talking about when they take uh, whatever region it is. And the Russian government is going to give them a hectare of land and settle them there. Very Roman. I don't know if you know much about Roman That's history. That's not a lot of land, dude. It's not a lot of land, but if you're a soldier making shit money and you conquer something and they give this to you plus a pension, dude, you just okay. doubled my you just doubled my fucking output. Like this is I mean, one acre, one hectare is an acre. Yeah. Right? Like you're not gonna be able to grow much on that. And you're not going to be able to have much for livestock. No, but these are people who have nothing. Like they're coming from nothing. You're you're now being told if you if you guys take this, it's yours. 
you get you get a chunk of it. And, and what are we doing here? We're down to thirty what thirty one thousand soldiers in our military by by Christmas. A buddy of mine I just ran into yesterday at the store. I served my whole career with him. He's done twenty six years now. He's retired. He's like, dude, I and he was up there like high. He's like, there's nothing left. What do we? We can't discipline no one. Everybody comes in with you know. There's no dressing department. There's no discipline. There's no discipline in anyone. Can you imagine? We should do. We should do a little funny skit where Chuck's our sergeant or whatever, and he tries to discipline Twos and Sean. That'd be fun, you know. Maybe we should <laughs> yeah, do that. I do, do it that. all. Maybe we should do that on the the live the live. Uh... I'd be doing the push-ups till I passed out, right? But that generation. But we're not allowed to do that anymore. See, they even changed how we could punish people with like physical stuff. Like it was. There's no. There's no. Did you order the code red? There were numerous <laughs> moments where education happened, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> let's move on, shall we? <laughs> Ch- oh, man, it, gotta... it, it's interesting. Like, I, I, as you get older, you, you learn more about military, and I, I never served. And, you know, the, um, the generations before me, my family, it all just, landed perfectly that none of them were even close to serving age during many of the wars i had an uncle who was one of the canadians who went to vietnam but that was about Mm it and uh and so you know it's 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 funny when you just try and look at it and and learn about it as you go like there was this guy i worked with way back in the day and you and i was asking him about him because it's something i've always been curious about and he's like yeah so i i served at the military base near borden and so borden's a place in saskatchewan it's this tiny little shithole town that you know it it, unless you drive on highway 16 you really don't know where it is Mm -hmm. and i was like there's why are you that that doesn't make any sense. And I pulled him aside afterwards and I was like, dude, it is not cool that you're lying about this. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I know Borden well. I've been down that road very many times. There is no base anywhere near it. And it is not cool that you are trying to play this off as though there's a military base that you worked on near Borden. And so it was going back and forth. And so I was coming from a good place, but I was completely fucking wrong. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Borden's also in Ontario. And that's yeah. where the military base is. Yeah. I was wondering where he's going with that, folks. You know, sometimes you let twos go and you're like, where the hell is he going with this? I, nobody I knows. Been, Not nobody even knows. me, generally. Nobody knows. Electric planes burn taxpayer cash the ceo of canada's second largest airline says the global push to decarbonize the aviation sector by 2050 will lead to a major increase in ticket prices unless governments step in to offer support i get look forward to that can't wait for the government to get their hands in on some more mm-hmm. alexis von hosenbrosch the ceo of westjet made the comments tuesday at the 24th world petroleum Congre- congress a major international oil and gas conference being held in calgary this week the theme of the conference is the energy transition and the growing pressure on the fossil fuel sector to address its role in climate change von hagenbrosch said while it may seem odd for an airline to be feature 
present presenter at uh, presenter at the oil and gas conference. Airlines are dependent on fossil fuels. WestJet, for example, which is headquartered in Calgary, is actually the single biggest consumer of petroleum products in the oil producing province of Alberta, spending upwards of a billion dollars annually. He also acknowledged there are those who would suggest the fastest way to decarbonize the aviation sector is to simply encourage people to fly less. So there's that, folks. There's that. So I don't know. uh, It hadn't become military history yet at that point, but when the Wright brothers were the first people, Kitty Hawk, Wyoming, was it, Uh, who, who had that first flight, uh, the FAA in the States was pouring money into trying to develop something that could fly. And some random bike mechanics from some shithole town in a flyover state were the people who put it together and did it. Innovation doesn't come from government bailouts. Mm-hmm. 100%, yeah. And do you really want to get onto a a plane you have to charge like we've seen they can't figure it out for cars yet like i'm not the answer the plane. answer is joe no warmington Chuck. joe warmington was just at uh or sorry not joe warmington uh brian pacifium was interested to ride on one of oc transpo's new all-electric buses this morning we didn't even get a chance to leave the Eagleson park and ride lot before it broke down and we were ordered off. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is a, a guy from the Toronto sun. It's like, Hey, you know what? This will be fun and interesting. I'm just going to try it out. But luckily I'm a news reporter. So this is actual fucking news and I'm already on location. Breaking news. Electric vehicles fucking suck. Yeah. All right, yeah, happy, but it's can, even worse when you're thirty-seven thousand feet up. We, the, been bright side, the bright side, <laughs> the bright side about electric planes it's, is that they don't really seem to have the capacity to get you up where you're super fucking high to go extra splatty. <laughs> Here's your happy news for the week, folks. Doritos makes big stretch for publicity and. Uh, there, there's what they were doing. I'll, I'll play the video as I talk here, so people can can watch this. You thing. should start from the start of it rather than the twenty two second point. Oh although I like God. the reference, you know, you know, I like the reference. Okay, you know, try and throw two's a bone here. Anyways, Doritos, Doritos achieved a new record for the highest cheese pull after the uh, after they pulled off a stunt in Somerset, England, on September fifteenth, according to the World Talent Organization. A helicopter dipped a giant chip into a special cheese blend inside of a 14-foot-tall replica of nachos and then stretched the cheese 49 feet up without it breaking. The company said the stunt took over a month of preparation with the assistance of cheese scientists, helicopter pilots, and others on the ground. Cheese scientists. I think they mean chefs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, but I, know, I think that's, that's pretty all fun. The, all the shit going in the world, and they are literally stretching cheese 49 feet yeah, it's it, it's a bit somehow you know what did, somehow somehow Trudeau paid for that one too, you know, and it looks like Chuck ducked out. He said, "I don't want to talk about cheese no more," and uh, there you have it. What the Chuck, man? What the Chuck? That's gonna do it for Mashup Seventy Four Twos, you know. What? The... You're, Thank you're... you for coming on, Chuck Prodnick. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
Yeah, I, well, he, I feel like <laughs> for all we know, his phone died, and he's like, "Well, that's the end of her." Oh, um, is, was he streaming off his phone? I have no idea. Um, community news? Anything uh, on your end? Nothing that I've heard, and that's all your guys' fault. Um, yeah. So this this part of the the show, folks, if there's things going on in your community, we want to hear about it so that we can talk about it here and help promote it. Every curling bond spiel. It doesn't matter. It, you don't have to worry about us making money off you. We literally just want to know to help support you so that if there ever is a Dundurn dinosaur freaking get together, that we're there in dinosaur yep. suits. So if you got some cool crap going on like that, let us know so that maybe the mashup can show up. In dinosaur suits. I'm just saying, because I'm I'm really sad we missed that, because that would have been a ton of fun. Uh, oh, here's absolutely. movie movie night at City Church in Lloydminster. Uh, that is showing October 13th, 7:30 p.m. The Shine Christian Academy presents Church Under Fire: Canada's War on Christianity, the story of congregations and their pastors who defied COVID-19 lockdowns. Twos always gets a kick out of this, because contact Deanna Franklin for tickets at 306-821-2222. Four twos. I can't make that up, folks. I can't make that up. Anyways, that's going to do it for us. And uh, we will, uh, yeah, I, 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 there you go. Bring on Chuck again, says Sean Rue. Um, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for hopping in on Mashup 74. And thanks, Chuck. And thanks, Chuck, for coming on and uh, giving us a little uh, military uh, back up when it came to uh, yeah. we, an we actual talk- Nazi yeah. being in Parliament. We talked about it in Patreon, but... It- you know, he's, you know, talking to this special girl or whatever else. Uh, I just hope for her sake that he doesn't finish as early with her as he does with us. Till next week, folks. He's totally going to punch me in the 